With a highly uncertain labour market and as the UK economy looks to recover and rebuild from the COVID-19 pandemic, how can policymakers best support people back into sustained employment? Welcome to Insight for Impact, the podcast from SQW featuring conversations with experts on the issues that matter in economic and social development. Hello, welcome to Insight for Impact, the SQW podcast. I'm Joe Duggett, a director of SQW and host of this new series of podcasts. By launching the podcast series, our aim is to share the insights and experience from SQW's work across a wide range of policy domains to help inform policy and decision-making and improve delivery in economic and social development. I'm delighted to be joined today for the first podcast by my colleague, Graham Tom. Graham is Managing Director of SQW and leads much of our work related to skills and employment. Graham, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Joe. Nice to be here on the, the first podcast, and hopefully this is the, the first of many which people will find helpful. Today, we're going to be talking about how policymakers can best support people into or back into sustained employment following a period of unemployment. This always matters, of course, but it does seem particularly important right now, given the, the uncertain prospects for the labour market as the UK economy looks to recover and rebuild from the disruption caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. Graham, you've worked very widely in this area. What are the, the key problems facing policymakers at this time? And are there other factors, not just COVID-19, that are particularly important to consider? The word you used maybe sums it up very well. The big issue, I think, is uncertainty. So we have had an economic shock, the likes of which we haven't experienced before. We've shut down the economy in a way that isn't normal. Um, We appear to be having a bounce back, but I think no one's very sure quite how that will work out, how far economic growth will be sustained and at what pace for what period. And sitting in the background of this and slightly lost at times in the debate is the impact of Brexit as well, which is almost certainly having an economic and a labour market effect. So um, if you go back to the first lockdown, you had forecasts from OBR and others saying if unemployment got to 10%, it would be a reasonable outcome. Actually, it looks as though it might have peaked at 5%. Over the last few months, it's come down a little bit. So is that 5% a peak? Or is actually that sort of delayed and there is more fallout to come? And I guess there's a couple of issues to think about as we go forward on that, Joe. One is we still have close to 2 million people on furlough. That's down a lot, but we still have 2 million people on furlough. Will they go back into work? And secondly, although unemployment's come down in the last couple of months, interestingly, economic inactivity's nudged up again. And so are some people just withdrawing from the labour market? And is that a long-term trend or will they return to seek jobs as things open up? So we just don't know, hence the, the uncertainty facing policymakers at the moment. So set against that quite challenging and uncertain backdrop, what groups or who should be targeted for support and what are the What are the issues that policymakers need to consider in making the decision on how they best target their interventions to help people back into employment? I think there's probably, in very simple terms, two broad groups. There's the the group of people who have lost jobs through COVID, and you would hope many of them would be re-employable. We're we're doing some work in Greater Manchester at the moment looking at their JETS programme, which is for exactly that group. 
and a lot of them are, you'd expect they are, because they've come out of work, so relatively short-term unemployed, they should be able to find job, possibly with some support. The support might be around how do they apply for jobs, because they might not have done it for a while, or do they need to find new work, because the sectors they worked in might be not recovered yet and not recover. So there's a short-term unemployed who should be helped reasonably employable and able to be helped. And then there's the much more challenging group who are the people who were out of work and those who were long-term unemployed pre-COVID. And in a sense, they're probably at even more of a disadvantage now because they're competing for job openings with those who have become unemployed more recently. And they probably need a different set of interventions. I guess the other issue for policymakers and thinking through what do they need to do comes back to this uncertainty point for the first group. How big is that group going to be and what scale of intervention is needed? How far would they find work anyway? How many people will be in that group? That's quite a hard call at the moment if you're designing a programme to know what the right scale of intervention might be. And the third issue um, is about actually where are the new jobs and is the economy changing? And if the economy is changing, how do you move people from old jobs into new jobs? But we might talk about that a bit later as we go on. So there's a there's a clear question there around what type of support works most effectively in supporting people back into employment and is there good evidence from the past you mentioned uh, intervention there in Manchester good evidence of what sort of support works most effectively for supporting people back into employment there's a long-standing fairly good and pretty robust evidence base around quite a lot of employment interventions which we built up over time in the UK and internationally There are some quite clear lessons in terms of helping, especially those who are more job ready or closer to the labour market back into work. So among the things you would find if you go and look in the literature are working closely with employers and focused on employers and employment, getting people to be active. Strangely, things like the number of meetings with your advisor or even arranging meetings, even if they're not held, has a positive effect. The mix the extent to which the characteristics, the demographics of the advisor matches the person they're supporting makes a statistically significant difference to that. Um, So having people active, supporting them and targeting employment, possibly slightly uncomfortable for some people, having that mandated enforced on people strangely actually seems to make a positive effect as well. So making people active if they are close to the labour market has a positive effect. What is less clear, and I think this is quite important, is those type of interventions seem to be less effective or less appropriate for those who are further back. So if you come back to my two groups from earlier, those who are longer term unemployed may have much more challenging circumstances to move back into work. They respond less well to that type of intervention. They still need to focus on employment, but also around employability and making them employable. And that just takes longer and needs to be a more gradual and stage process rather than a very intense process, which doesn't seem to work for them as well. You mentioned the characteristics of the advisor or the, the individual providing support, matching their characteristics to the, the individuals seeking employment or securing the support is an important factor. That's quite difficult to design into an intervention. It's a small statistical impact rather than a, a, a major impact. So it makes a difference of a few percentage points, which is not un, unimportant, but it does mean if you're recruiting a workforce of advisors, you may wish to have some who are older, some who are younger, ethnic mix, gender mix within that advisor pool 
to seek to support that. Inherently, it probably makes sense. We're doing some other work at the moment for Centre for Aging Better, which is seeking to make advisors more aware of the challenges and the different challenges older people may face in the labour market. Over 50s tend to have quite bad and quite poor outcomes compared to those who are younger in prime working age. Why is that? Because they've probably got different skill sets, they've got different attitudes, different financial commitments, etc. Um, so making the advisor more aware of that is trying to balance that out. I guess if you have an advisor who comes from that age group, they may be more aware of it anyway. But that's just me speculating. That's interesting. I can imagine one of the, the main challenges for programmes or interventions to support people back into employment is that there may be the short-term effect that individuals find a, a job, they, they find their way back into the labour market, but then that might not be sustained. Is there any evidence on the sort of support or the type of support that most effectively helps people sustain employment once they have actually returned to the labour market? Yeah, we've seen that in a few programmes and I think this is fairly consistent and in one sense it's, it's intuitively what you would expect, which is what we have found is the most important reason for people staying in work is actually the job that they get to start with. So if you help people into a job that they want. So there's a difference between a job that you want, a job that you take because you're trying to find work and you get need some money and you take it versus a job you want. And you think this is a job for me, either because it's the type of job I want or it's a stepping stone. I can see where it gets me to another job. If you help people into their, that second type of job, which they really want, they're more likely to stay. In some of the evidence we've looked at, the sector matters, the, the sort of lower quality employment jobs, people tend to stick in them less, zero hours, poor working conditions, etc. So type of job really matters. If you get people into good jobs, they're more likely to stay. And then once people are in work, there are things you can do to help them. There's a fairly well-established in-work support offer, which sits around a lot of these programmes, which follows people up, makes sure they're okay. The big risks the first few months. If you've been out of work a long time, you go back into work, that can be quite challenging. Getting there, establishing routines, etc., etc. Intensive for the first few months, in-work support. And then also if people move out of work for whatever reason, picking them up quickly and finding them a second job rather than letting them relapse. So there is quite a lot. And I think actually the question's a good one because there is, again, quite a big literature of people moving between and churning between low paid jobs and period of unemployment. And trying to break that cycle is a really important issue for employment programmes, I think. Is there anything interesting around the, the, the scale at which programmes are delivered that we've, we've seen in our previous work or more widely in, in, the, in the literature on employment support? I might answer that in different ways, I think. So you've got probably a changing picture between national, regional, local. So you've had the devolution of various employment programmes over time, especially to Greater Manchester. We've worked extensively to London, again, where we're, we're working. But interestingly, in the post-COVID national recovery in England, DWP are kind of taking that back and national contracts have been rolled out. The challenge that creates, and this is an issue we've been thinking about for some clients recently, is as DWP change and new programmes come on stream, especially Restart, which is a major programme about to begin, what's the fit for local areas? How do local areas respond? And what we've been trying to work out in different places is What's the local need? How do you add value and sit alongside national programmes so that you don't duplicate? There is an issue of scale. So having said there are different groups in the labour market, different groups need different forms of support. 
there is a scale you need to operate to make it viable. And that can be a challenge at local areas, but trying to work out a big enough program to be worth doing, but not too big a program that effectively becomes too too broad an offer for your client group is challenging. But it also depends, lastly, I guess, on how big are your different client groups in different places. And depending where you are, you're in very different sizes of client groups. You talk around employment programs need to be close to the needs of employers. Can you expand on that a bit more and the changing nature of employer needs that need to be considered here? Yeah, I think this is one of the really interesting things going forward. People have seen there's been lots of coverage in the press about sectors which have struggled through COVID and sectors which have expanded rapidly through COVID. And actually, thirdly, probably almost a COVID sector, which has sprung up around test and trace and vaccination centres and so on, which has created a whole set of jobs of its own right. But back to the uncertainty of the economy, I think we've seen some trends which have been happening anyway, exacerbated. So you take the loss of retail jobs. For many people, retail would have been quite an attractive job to move into. If you're being unemployed, it's relatively accessible, it's understandable. If those types of jobs are going away, then part of the problem in designing programs and part of the challenge for providers is creating new and different employer relationships so that people can be linked to jobs. And part of that may also require careers types interventions of these sectors are declining, other sectors are growing. How do we move you into those new sectors? And that might need some advice, some careers advice. It might also mean some retraining at different levels as well. So I think that economic shift should drive in part some of the targeting of employment programmes going forward. Graham, thank you for your insights on how policymakers can best support people back into sustained employment, including designing policy to reflect different needs and groups, that is responsive to changing employer requirements and economic trends, and that considers fully the relationship between national and local responses and interventions. I'm Joe Duggett, and I've been speaking to Graham Tom, Managing Director of SUW, an expert on employment and labour market policy. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Insight for Impact, the podcast from SQW. To learn more about SQW, our people and our latest thinking, please visit our website at sqw.co.uk. And if you have any further feedback or thoughts on the podcast, or would like to suggest a topic for future episodes, please get in touch with us via LinkedIn and Twitter using the handle at SQW.